Welcome to another episode of the MaxCast. I'm your host, Max Marcus, and today we have a great guest, uh, comedian Gene Myers. How are you doing, Gene? Good. How are you, Max? I'm doing well. Uh, but uh, it's not about Gene. Unlike other comics, you do you do some other stuff. You're, uh, you're the lead singer of, uh, what do you say, a death metal band? A, a grindcore band. A grindcore yeah, band, yeah. my bad. Yeah. So lead singer of a grindcore band. Yep. And as of more recently, a social worker. Yes, I... Uh, <clears throat> I got a job as a therapist. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I've, I've always thought it's funny. Like, I think it's great that you're doing, but I'm just like, oh, comedian, musician, and social worker. And it's like, you yeah. found like the three things that just don't pay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. I, even I thought like, this is my first like big boy job, quote unquote. Yeah. And it still does not pay very well. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's something you're helping people. Which, yeah, uh, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And helping people, helping people through comedy, through your music, through, uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. It's definitely something uh, people believe they do with their with their comedy. Yeah, <laughs> how true it is. Is um, the other day I, I referred to my comedy as my art. <laughs> yeah, and it felt really wrong. So <laughs> yeah, do you know uh, Charlie Dawson? Yeah, we're um we're doing a skit right now that's gonna be like it's behind the uh, behind the mic. Where it's like oh. the falling out between two guys who do like an open mic together. Oh my god! And it's just he's gonna be this like young idealistic comic who's like, I'm a philosopher. I'm changing the world, and I'm just like, I'm just an open mic comedy for the money. So yeah, just, yeah. Oh. Two delusional people on different ends of the spectrum. Oh my god! Oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah, I think it's gonna be pretty funny though. Yeah. Um, nothing else is. Uh, uh, we both uh, we're both uh, Philly guys, we're yep. both, uh, New York comics, but uh, started out uh, or grew up in Philly at least. Hell yeah, um, baby! Mainline, <laughs> mainline, yeah. yeah. Still, still kind of Philly, not Philly, but close enough. Suburbs, whatever. <laughs> yeah, the suburbs of Philly. No one knows. No one cares about the suburbs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As we've learned from the debates, and also Trump's <laughs> going on about uh, bad things happen in Philly. Yeah, it's funny when he said that. I I tweeted from my band's Twitter. I just said, "Bad things happen in Philly." All caps. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't know. It's funny because uh, not to get too political, but like, no, we get political on this. So that's oh, okay. Uh, just go for it. So in 2016, um, Trump won a lot of the Philly suburbs, and yeah. he won Pennsylvania, which was the first time in like 20 years that a Republican won that state. And I, I for one was like really surprised. Um, but you know, I, I'm, I'm back here now and I drive around and I see like an aggressive amount of Biden signs. on Yeah. Lawns. That's just like, good. just like absolute overkill. Like, like you'll just see eight in a row on like like two different houses. People He's not winning Pennsylvania again. It's uh... no, no. <laughs> and and now, uh, like Biden is like I grew up in Scranton. Yeah, he, which is like I, I associated him with Delaware. Yeah, um, and like even if you did grow up in Scranton, like. Why would you brag about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's uh, he's Amtrak Joe. That's his whole thing. He's all about. He's all yeah. about Amtrak. Um, I mean, 
whatever. Yeah. Have you seen the video of him? You must have seen it where he, he's at the pool dedication in Delaware. Yeah. And he tells the story about corn pop. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, it's crazy shit. I mean, I'm not happy he's our nominee. I'm, yeah. not, uh, I'm not in any way uh, excited, but... Me neither. Uh, but Trump has fucking Trump so bad. It's like, yeah. it, it's really scary. I don't think, my thing has always been like, um, there's like some talk in like uh, more leftist circles about, uh, well, what's worse, four more years of Trump or eight years of Biden? And I'm just like, we're not going to have eight years of Biden. That's like not even a possibility. And also yeah. four years of Trump. Is, and it wouldn't be four years of Trump. It would be like, what would be worse, eight years of uh of Biden or 16 more years of Trump. That's yeah. like, that's the, I don't think he leaves because there's talk of if he'll even leave if he loses this time, which I think he, I think more than likely still will. I think it's hard to just be like, well, I'm not, it's like, if you're no longer the president, it's like, you're then just like a squatter. Yeah. But if he gets reelected and the courts are like all packed with him, he could just be like, well, who says two terms is a thing anymore? And then yeah. it's just over. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I too am, am very disappointed that Biden is the guy. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely disillusioned with the Democratic Party as a whole. But all the shit that Trump is doing, first of all, I think no matter what, Biden is going to handle the virus better, which I yeah. think is like, it, you know, if you look, I look at politics in terms of like, because people like to place morality on things. I look at it as different groups of people have different wants, right? Yeah. And I look at it from the perspective of, I want to I do real comedy next year. I want my band to play shows next year. I yeah. want things to open up next year. So which, which president is going to allow, is going to put in place policies to allow that to happen? It's going to be Joe Biden, right? Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, and honestly, I was, uh, did you watch the debate? Uh, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> no, um, I was joking. Um, I guess I'll put this out there. I've kind of talked about it before. Um, in, uh, in, uh, in support of uh, Hunter Biden, I was like just doing coke the whole debate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was, there was like, I, I've never felt more depressed watching a political debate in my entire life because Trump, like it wasn't like Trump was Trump. You, you know, you don't expect anything different from him, but it was like, it was like, Joe, dude, just nail this guy. And like, yeah. he had like one or like when he told him to shut up, like it was like, yeah, but everything else, it, it was like watching it was like watching the Jets play like a, like a, another really terrible team and you're just like just put them away put them away and you yeah. couldn't do it dude i felt that that's um my uh, my roommate's a big jets fan mm -hmm. um and i was joking that um cuz we've been watching games and i think that uh, the eagles might be uh might be trying to make the push for being like the absolute worst team this year oh. i think they're they're really going for it they um they played the Bengals, and yeah. they were both 0-2. And, and then I was just like, wow, two bad teams. One of them's going to walk away with their first win. And they tied. I was like, they dude, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, and uh, talk about a game where they just had so many opportunities to put them away. Yeah. That yeah. was 
Ooh, it was hard to watch. Yeah, well, uh, football tangent in there. But um, I actually – I've heard people say that they don't – I think what Joe did well, though, is I love his laughing because that's really how you take down Trump is everyone else gets flustered and being like, you can't just make fun of people, Trump. And he's like, well, we'll see. And then yeah. Biden's just like, man, you're a clown, man. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because, like, um, you, you know, I think part of – why 2016 was successful for Trump was because he was attacking people and what they would do is sort of clutch their pearl necklace and be like, oh my, you can't say that. And it would make them appear really uptight, which would play into his hands. Yeah. And like, yeah, I, you know, at first I was thrown by Biden laughing because it seemed kind of forced, but I realized that it was a, thought out strategy where it's like yeah you do just sort of like this shit is so ridiculous yeah he did it with he did it with um i'm such a fucking nerd with this shit but he did it with um paul ryan in 2012 paul ryan would just like say nerdy ass shit and joe would just like laugh and uh it works it works it's so much better i think he did way better than obviously any of the republicans did because they were all just like really weird and spineless and then yeah. Hillary's just like so weird as like a person where I saw a resurfaced clip of their debate where he's just going after NAFTA and how like she supports it and how it's like the worst deal ever. And she's just like, well, that's your opinion, Donald. And then he just lays into her and it's like, no, it's bad. Da, 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 da. And she just stands there like, cause she doesn't laugh. She just kind of like grins a weird yeah. grin. And yeah. it's like, um, not as good of a strategy. Yeah. Um, but. I thought, um, I thought, actually, I thought this, <laughs> this is so, this is so like such a microcosm of Biden and his campaign in general. <laughs> I thought the strongest like moments for him during the debate didn't involve him at all. It mm-hmm. was when Trump and Wallace went at it yeah. and Biden just stood there like, yeah, yeah. his face just said, this is, this is your guy. And Trump was, oh, you know, I should blah, 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 blah. And Wallace was the one who had to stand up. Wallace, I felt like, sort of represented the American people more than anyone else in that debate. And I was think like, so. You need to wait your turn. You need to stop interrupting. You need to stop with the personal attacks. Come on here. <laughs> yeah, I definitely got to the end of the debate and just kind of felt like, can Chris Wallace just be president? Is that yeah. like, is that an option? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But my favorite, my favorite part of it um, by a mile was um, Biden like called, said something Trump was doing was not smart. And Trump just like losing. He's like, did you say smart to me? And it's just like, that's what I think it is. I think uh, Trump just seemed like shook like the whole time. He didn't seem like his normal, like, he's usually like, has that like dickishness that's like i mean he was just it it was he usually has kind of like a funny dickishness about him yeah exactly which came through in like the republican primaries where he would just be like like little little marco and just like really he would say like he would get to ask like why he calls like women uh slobs and pigs and he's like no that was just rosie o'donnell and it's just like he's such an asshole but it's like there's like still like some funniness to it there was none of that like funniness to him this time he just seemed like panicked and angry and like he seemed i think this is the weakest he's ever seen and um there's a it's so funny because there's this one person who i think i'm gonna try to might have on the podcast next um 
who's I've never met him. He's like, um, I think he's a Florida comic who's like really into Trump. Um, and he was just a lot, he weeks, like a week before the debate, he posted that there was like, he's a commercial for it came on. He's like, I just started laughing to myself in my apartment. He's like, I can't believe Joe Biden's going to do this. He's just like, no, I feel bad. It's like elder abuse. Like, how can you put Biden through this? And he hasn't, he posts so much about politics. It's been a couple of days. He's posted nothing about the debate. Oh, really? <laughs> Dude, they I know. They know it was like the word. They're like, wait, this is who I think is smart and strong. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll be honest, though. I watched it. And, you know, I, I don't think debates are about uh, like facts and reasoning and arguing anymore. No. It's, it's just about really it's about do like dominating personalities. Yeah. And so me and my dad watched and we thought, oh, Biden is like, he's just being dominated. He's being dominated. And so I, I was like, this doesn't make him look good. But then I turned on CNN and I looked at all these other news sources and they were like, Trump totally made an ass of himself. He looked bad. You know, I'm reading articles on Politico how it was a missed opportunity and he made himself look really bad. So I was like, okay, because I just figured the average Trump voter just wants him to yell over people. They don't give Yeah, I think there is a little bit of that. But the thing is, I don't think... There's, uh, there's, there's a lot of people who've already said, like, I voted for Trump in 2016. It's not what I expected. I'm going to vote for Biden. I don't think there's anyone out there. No one out there is, was, feels they were wrong about Trump the other way. No yeah. one's like, I thought he was going to be bad, but I was like, I've been really impressed with what he's done. There's yeah. like, I don't think there's anyone who voted for Hillary that's now going to vote for Trump because they're like, yeah. oh, that wasn't nearly as bad as I thought. I was, I was overreacting. I think everyone's like, Everyone who thought it would be bad, it's worse than they thought. And everyone who thought it would be good, it's like worse than they thought, except for like a small group of people who are like ride or die. And like yeah. to yeah. sit to like, at that point, I think it just becomes about pride where it's like they can't admit they were wrong. So they have to keep exactly. doubling down. It's exactly. like um, Trump could like drown kittens on live TV. And they were just like, well, he's so strong. Look at his manly hands. That's how he can like keep them underwater. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the, when his his tax returns came out yeah and it was just like okay here it is plain as day like he's a criminal and people yeah. were like I, I got an argument with some kid on tiktok who's like he made those businesses fail on purpose so he wouldn't have to pay. and i'm like all right you know what <laughs> that's the funny oh. thing because it's either it really is either that um he's making more money and like lying about stuff and just like that's how he's getting out of it or i just love or that he's just like makes businesses that lose tens of millions of dollars exactly I love, it's just it's like, i love the whole idea like the libs just don't get it they're like it's smart business if you lose hundreds of millions of dollars in a decade uh you don't have to pay taxes it's so yeah. smart and it's like do you know what business like you're, the goal is to make money it's yeah. like it's, oh. it's not to lose money then not pay people and then like they're like he's playing the system perfectly and it's like yeah you know there are people who are playing the system and actually have like billions in the bank right yeah. like there's actually, there's yeah. people who actually have um cash like i don't think <laughs> i don't think trump has any cat i mean he's like he's so in debt and people and that's really why he's like a security risk that and that's like what people are saying that it's like um 
any country can just be like, hey, well, here's some money to pay off like some of all of the fucking money you owe. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah, I need that. Um, but I also think what Trump did bad is like, I think he helped Biden, honestly, in two ways. He, um, leading up to the debate, the whole notion of uh, Joe has dementia. He, uh, he doesn't know where he is. He can't speak in full sentences. Then Joe shows up and like speaks in full sentences. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, he just skyrockets past the expectations. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I will say that anytime uh, Joe had, you know, the, the space to respond, I was like, <laughs> it was like I was watching sports. Cause in my head, yeah. I was like, finish the sentence finish the sentence yeah, and yeah. for the most part he did and i was like oh even yeah. if like the sentence wasn't the strongest i was like he finished it he yeah finished. and if people are just like oh he's like he's getting jumbled up it's like dude you try getting sentences out while like a maniac is screaming at you yeah. it's just yeah. like try to get a point across while like a homeless man on the subway is screaming in your face exactly. it's hard and that's who exactly. trump is yeah um, yeah. I, and you know, the other thing too is like, you know, uh, watching these debates, like more than ever, you realize that, um, being a good president and being a good quote unquote debater don't really go hand in hand, you know, no, because, not necessarily. I mean, they can, they obviously can, but like, I, you know, I feel like being president you kind of have to be thoughtful. You yeah. have to have like good judgment. And a lot of people like that can't, aren't necessarily well-spoken. And then a lot of really well-spoken people have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. Sort of. Yeah. There's also an issue where like anyone who would actually probably be like a really good president has no interest in yeah. being in that world at all. Like all of like the smartest, like most like, accomplished people are like why the fuck would i ever run for president that's the yeah. worst job in the world and the only people that want to be president are kind of crazy people yeah. <laughs> it's like it's, it's a weird true. i don't know how you fix that but it's like yeah. i think that's also an issue yeah it's like to think that you can be president is like such like like there's like such like something wrong there has to be something so wrong with you it's like such like a narcissistic thing be like yeah i think when I think about who could run the free world, I just, uh, I think it's me. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. You have to be a little mentally ill to want Yeah, it. you have to have, like, some kind of personality disorder to, like, think you can be president. Um, Absolutely. And especially to keep running. I mean, the fact that this is, like, Joe's third time, and it's, yeah. like, uh, and he it's never came close before. So, honestly, like, Joe Biden kind of owes a lot to Trump that, like, Trump's lowered the bar where it's, like, Biden seems like a great choice. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, this, you know, this is really the ultimate, this is the dream scenario for the Democratic Party, because for the past 20 years, uh, it's always been, you know, oh, like, this guy isn't so great. But I, I remember I saw Michael Moore speak in 2004. And yeah. someone, someone asked him, they said, do you really think John Kerry is that good of a candidate? And he said, I would vote for my shoe if it was running against George Bush. Yeah. And this, like, this is the pinnacle of that line of thinking because it's like literally a shoe would do a better job yeah. than Trump. 
So like they cart out this like guy who's, you know, he looks like a mummy and he's lost. Like he, he, like you said, he ran three times and he has no, no real policies of his own. And he goes back and forth on it, but it's like, we got to vote for him. We got to. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's not, not a good system we have. I think the other, the other thing where I think Trump really, um, uh, helped Biden more than hurt him is like, and this is all stuff where it's like, I wish Joe believed these things, but he doesn't where he would be like, so Joe, uh, you, Joe wants to defund the police. And Joe's like, I have never said that. I don't think we should defund the police. And Trump's like, Oh, you don't think we, you should defund the police. He's like, he lost the far left. He lost the radical left. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's just like, he said that three times. And I feel like there's so many people in middle of America, in Scranton, in Ohio, who are just like, Oh, well, my big fear with Biden was uh, he was in cahoots with the radical left. But if Trump's saying he's losing them and it seems like he's not there, that's like that was my one fear. I think it just I think it just helps Biden. Yeah, take. Absolutely. Well, I I said this a few months ago that I, you know, the far right definitely has a presence in American politics. I don't know if the far left really does, because the far left isn't as organized and like. You know, I I know when we, we we live in New York and Philly and like we do meet a lot of people who call themselves socialists and stuff. But like outside of that, like in middle America, no one's running around calling themselves a communist. So no, no, there's not a lot of that. But there's also there is no far left in America. Because if you even look at the policy, I mean, you might have some people and I know people in Philly um, probably more people in Philly than New York, even who, um, identify as communist. Um, but at that level, it's really just philosophical. It's not really a standard of policies that are trying to be put in place. Cause if you look at what like the far left policies we, we have is what it's like, everyone should have healthcare, which is like the position of the conservative party in England yeah. and in all these countries. So it's like when people talk about radical left, it's like, it's just that the America's just so skewed to the right mm. that basic like human rights is seen as radical. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's like not nah, people are talking about, I got into an argument with, um, cause I, I talked about this on the last episode. I really like, uh, like Facebook arguments. It's yeah. like, it's really fun and addicting and hard not to get into. Um, but there was like this guy, I guess, I don't know if he's also American. He's definitely in Israel, but he's talking about how like Trump's best for like American Jews and Israel. And I'm just like, dude, you know how much hate crime has gone up against us since Trump's yeah. been president and how he just like excites these people. And he can make like Olympic like denouncement of them. But it's like the rest of the stuff he says is like so clearly fanning the flames of that shit. And he was saying that he was like, he's like, if I'm wearing like my kippah, I'm uh, I'd be more afraid to walk past like Antifa than the proud boys. And it's like, well, then you're going to get murdered by someone you think is your friend one day. (laughs) The proud boys. And he said that this is, this is, this is why like, I also think like uh, horseshoe theory is like uh, bullshit because they're like, Oh, well you go to the extremes and they basically believe the same thing. He was saying that um, like, there's anti-Semitism on the far left and the far right. And that the far left's anti-Semitism is actually worse. 
And I was like, dude, anti-Semitism in the far left on the far left is basically just like criticizing the state of Israel and their policies. Yeah. You, maybe they get to the point where they're like, there should be no Israel. That's like the most extreme take on that stance. Um, and then you go to the far right and their anti-Semitism is chanting the Jews will not replace us and shooting yeah. up synagogues. And I yeah. told them, like, dude, Antifa's never shot up a synagogue and they never will. Yeah. It's just, it really like, you know, the far right in this country like is a thing. I mean, the Proud Boys just marched through Philly and, yeah. and you know, they, they go to these protests or whatever and, and start shit. Stuff on the far left, like Antifa, Antifa isn't even really, it's not a, there's no like chapters. No one is walking around saying they're a member of Antifa. And if they are like, Antifa's like, they run like soup kitchens and shit. It's, yeah. But the, the right needs some threat. They need a threat because, you know, fascism needs a, it needs a threat. And yeah. it usually needs a domestic threat. And then people think like the whatever, the protests in Portland and when shit gets set on fire, they're like, well, look at all those Biden supporters. It's like, dude, they don't like Biden either. No. Like, they don't even know who you're talking about. I went, to, um, I went to a lot of the protests here in Philly and they would chant, fuck Joe Biden. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, no, the issue with um, conservatism, at least in America, I can't speak on like other places because I think conservatism in other places is probably more reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I think conservatism in Canada is a much different thing. Um, oh, yeah. Like no one else is like denying climate change in other countries. Really? <laughs> no, there's like the right wing in other part in other countries are not like as anti-science. It's just a really weird American like phenomenon i don't know um i think i think a lot of it i think there's like you have these sort of libertarian strands that are built into the like constitution and those like those were put in place because i was telling my dad this so things like the senate and the electoral college were put in place to give more power to rural states because they needed those slave states to be in union with the northern states in order to declare independence from england right mm-hmm. but what that does is since that hasn't changed in like 300 years is like most of the political power in this country resides in places like oklahoma and yeah. like Nebraska, where like people are just batshit. They're just batshit. Yeah, yeah. No, it's um, I think it's like really hard to get into the electoral college. Um, one of the things you could do that I've heard, um, uh, Lawrence Lessig. Uh, he's like a Harvard professor who ran in, as a Democrat in 2016. That got no traction at all, and no one listened to anything he said. But well, um. He's talked about how if you just um, instead if you, you can states could just make it so their electoral votes instead of winner take all winner take all they go proportionally kind of like the primaries do yeah. that that would also because the electoral college people are like oh well it gives a voice to the smaller states and it's like it really doesn't I mean kind of but they're like if there's no electoral college people would only go to um like candidates would only like pander to New York and California and Texas and it's like right now all they do is like Pennsylvania, Florida, and Ohio. So it's yeah. like, 
they're yeah. still focusing on three states. It's just less populated states. And it's just like, um, I mean, no one's, if it was, no one's going, no presidential candidate is going to Oklahoma, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess Trump goes there, but that's just because that's where he can actually like fill a stadium. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was the other thing in the debate that's so funny. They were just like, he can't even help himself where they're just like, but you shouldn't be filling these stadiums because of COVID. And he's just like, well, you, I can, because people want to see me. People love me. And he's yeah. just like going on about it. Um, that's where I wanted Biden to bring up Herman Cain. I wanted that too. Yeah. The other thing I wanted Biden to bring up is when uh, Trump went after his son for Coke. I think that would have been a perfect moment to be like, hey, he's struggled with drugs. You know, there's an opiate crisis going on. Yeah. Lots of Americans have suffered with like, have like, worked through addiction many people have lost people to like this disease of addiction and he could have because that would have really spoken to like rural areas get like fucking hammered with um with the opiate stuff um it's like ohio like vermont like um yeah it would i think it would just have been like a strong moment if he had been like we're gonna do if i don't know if either of them has a plan for the opiate crisis um i i think well i think they're if Biden had said something like that, it would have shown like, hey, like, I actually care about your suffering. Yeah. He did do when he said, you know, how many families woke up this morning and there was an empty seat at the breakfast table? Yeah. Because really, he has such a low bar because it's just like, just show some human compassion. Yeah. All you need to do is uh, have empathy. And it's like, whoa, that's no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like 2020 is the year where like empathy is refreshing and it's just yeah. like, holy shit, how is there like, and then this is how you also know the debate was bad is that the Senate Republicans were like, that was embarrassing. And those people yeah. have no shame like yeah. at all. And they're like, oh fuck. Yeah. They're like, they're worried. They're like, dude, wait, what? Um, but um, yeah, we talked a lot on the debate in politics. Like I also want to get into um. I know you have your band Bandit. Just uh, mm-hmm. how long? How long have you been doing that for? So I joined in March of 2016. Okay, cool. they've been a band since I think 2012. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, and it started in Philly, right? Yeah. Well, they're both originally from Delaware. They <laughs> met. They met at the Delaware School of Rock. And oh, I didn't I even know that's a that- thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Delco, so cool. baby. And I met them because they kept doing shows in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Were you, so you're, you're pretty close to Westchester? Yeah, I'm like 20 minutes to half hour away from Westchester. Yeah, I'm probably like 30 to 40 minutes from my yeah. parents' place. I, um, I went there with a friend, I think like junior year of uh, high school, because um, I had friends like – from camp that lived there and i was like oh it's actually kind of a cool town let's go check it out um and uh we basically just like got high uh we just like smoked weed and walked around we went to a record store and then we were like oh we're too high we should leave and then we spent the time trying to find my car and then i got in the car and was like well i'm too high to drive so we just like sat like off the highway (laughs) in westchester pennsylvania for so long until like i was like okay i'm good and then we got wendy's and it's just like that's that's a typical Westchester story. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's very that's suburban Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Man. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
I've gone to a lot of shows, um, not recently, but I've gone to a lot of like I love the uh, just the Philly basement. Scene. Yeah, it's yeah, vibe. It's like yeah. the the malt liquor and the moshing, um, oh, and oh, like yeah. every every shitty basement looks the same. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, that's what, where. What, what uh what venues have you like uh, i mean I've, i think you've had them bigger venues but like those like tiny ones that were like uh which so, ones so we started when when i joined the band we were still playing basement shows yeah. my first show with them was in was in a basement in suburban new jersey i forget the okay. name of the town then we played some basement shows in westchester then we started doing basement shows in west philly yeah um we played at Huggy Bear Manor. Uh, <laughs> the best names. Yeah, yeah. Slime Time Live. I think um, I've been to Slime Time Live. Yeah. Um, I can't because re- they're, they're oh, constantly like They're changing. constantly changing. Do you remember? I think there was one called like Golden Tea. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that place. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, they just had like the little um, the little video game Golden Tea like arcade yeah. game in the corner. Yeah. Um, it was like an abandoned building in West in uh, West Philly. Yeah. I remember that place. Holy shit! Yeah, I saw, I saw this band called Sex Prisoner there. <laughs> I'm trying to think. It's like you just see so many bands at these places, and they all have like crazy names. Um. I remember I saw um, I don't know how big they are. I saw a band called Grass Is Green. Um, no, no, I'm trying to think who else. Um, I don't even know. Maybe like Bleeding Rainbow. Just like all this, all these different bands. Or it's like I don't even know if this is true or if I'm making shit up now. Because yeah, yeah, you're yeah, so yeah. drunk and you're like, it's like you're just like a drunk kid in a basement, like listening yeah. to like the really loud music, and it's just yeah. like what Billy is. Um, I. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Um, I have, uh, and then I have a, I have a friend um, who's in a band now. Uh, they just did like a whole like around the country tour, like their first one. What um, what, what band? Uh, they're called uh, Twin Beds. I feel like I might have heard of them. I'm not sure. They're pretty good. They do kind of like um, I don't even know how to describe it. I think it's kind of just like that Philly punk little yeah. little emo. Yeah. What what are the slow core? Is that what it's called? I have no idea. There's so many genres. Yeah. I have I know people who are just like into shit when it's like once you get into like oh it's it's math core and I'm like what is this? <laughs> yeah, dude, dude, I love math core. Come yeah. on, bro. <laughs> math core is great, bro. Don't don't talk shit. <laughs> I'm not talking shit. I just like I don't even know what it is. Yeah. It's just like you get all these different genres and it's like you can just put any word. And then followed up with core, and it's core, a genre yeah. of music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hoop core. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> is that a, yeah. I um, and I like that music. I just most, I really only listen to like rap at this point. Yeah, so it's just kind of like that whole world is just dude like, rap core. That's where it's at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a rap core. Um, <laughs> um, so what was the last uh like tour show you guys were doing before everything closed down? So we did a weekend in New England. Or no, well, that was the last show we did was in Washington, D.C. We played with a bunch of our favorite bands, Ground, No Moss, this band from D.C. called Needle. And then we had planned for May, we were going to go on tour with this punk band, Negative Approach, from the 80s. And then in July, we were supposed to tour Europe and play this festival in the Czech Republic. 
Wow, that would have been fucking cool as shit. It would have been cool. It would have been amazing. It would have been awesome. <laughs> but the Czech Republic seems like where you want to go on tour. Yes. It was this festival called Obscene Extreme Fest, where it's just like, it's just a bunch of like BDSM and like death metal yeah. and like, yeah. like, like beer bongs going into people's butts and shit. It was yeah. going to be amazing. Um, and like, that's why like, hopefully next year all that stuff will be back but i'm already seeing festivals saying we don't know if we're gonna happen in 2021 either yeah that's 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 the bad thing it's like as even as stuff opens up and goes back normal that might be like the last thing yeah um well the, the good thing about obscene extreme is it is outdoors yeah so um but yeah as far as like I, I just miss, like, I've been watching a lot of videos of us playing, and it's like, I just miss that feeling, the nervousness you feel before you go on stage, and then running around screaming in people's faces and pushing them and breaking equipment. Like, I just really miss all of that. Yeah. Uh, it's like that is <laughs> the picture you kept posting of, oh. like, you just barfing. That's yeah. Like- that was when we uh, opened for Pig Destroyer in New Jersey. Destroyer. That was just thinking that you always post about Pig Destroyer. And I'm just yeah. like, this is a real band. It's so funny. It's just like a lot of stuff I just don't know even because I'm like so not in the world. I'm like, is this like ironic or is this all just no. like legit? <laughs> they're, they're like, they're the band that got me into Grindcore <laughs> and, and meeting them and getting to open with them and then like becoming friends with them is like for me just such a surreal. Yeah. It's... It, you know, it's funny because, like, comedians, like, a lot of comics will be like, oh, man, I I opened for, like, Pat Oswalt. And mm-hmm. I'll be like, all right, that's cool. But then I'm like, I opened for Pig Destroyer. <laughs> ah! Like, they're like, what is that? What are you even talking about? Yeah. You know? Something that I've always found um, interesting, and I've known that, like, other people in the circle, uh, it's the same thing, is that uh, in Grindcore, that, like, the, the straight-edge sobriety thing is, yeah. like, is pretty big in there. What like why, when do you know what that like or why you think there's like such a connection to those things? So Straight Edge started in the eighties with the band Minor Threat, who so the the reason Straight Edge became a thing was in the late seventies, that first wave of punk bands, there was like a band called The Germs, and they all died of overdoses. <laughs> like there was there was just a lot of people dying from drugs. Yeah. So Minor Threat from D.C. who were like, they were like a, a very political band. And their lead singer was like, he, he was like, I, I think doing drugs and partying and getting drunk like plays into the capitalist lifestyle. So I think it's bigger rebellion to not do any of that. And they have a song called like Straight Edge where he talks about it. And then that really took off when a lot of the like later youth crew bands like um, Youth of Today and then eventually Earth Crisis, they they really uh, took that over. And then they started putting like veganism along with it, uh, which I'm not vegan. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I to me I think it's big because it's pretty it's pretty unique. Like, mm-hmm. you, you're not going to go to, a, like, a fish show and see, like, a bunch of, like, straight edge, like, people. Yeah, no. I think that attracts a lot of people. And I think, too, like, even outside of that, one of the reasons why I like metal is that 
is there a lot of drinking and partying in the scene? Of course, but it's not, that's not the end all be all, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's like you go to the shows to like, listen to the music and whether you have a beer or water in your hand, it really doesn't make that big a difference. Mm -hmm. So I, I personally think it's a really positive thing. And, you know, I'm as a person in recovery myself, like I definitely gravitated towards straight edge Mm -hmm. and it's given me like the beauty for me is that, it gave me a place where I didn't have to drink or do drugs, but could still be a complete asshole. Mm. You know? Interesting. Which I needed, man. I need that. Yeah. Shit. That's it's, I guess it's still, it's about release. It's still like, uh, it's yeah. just a different really. It's like, um, cause it's like you hear the music, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just loud and like fast and crazy. And yeah. it doesn't, at first, like, glance, you don't, wouldn't associate that music with, like, sobriety. Yeah, yeah. But it's, they're so intertwined, and I think it's very interesting that that's just, like, um, uh, worked out that way. Yeah, well, I, I think, I think the thing, too, is, like, uh, if you listen to a lot of, like, like, I was listening to Pink Floyd yesterday. Yeah. And, I mean, they did a lot of drugs. And, uh, but their music for the, like, a lot of it's really mellow. Cause they're like sort of like dark side of the moon, great album, but like it, you know, every song is like slow and like, yeah. and it's cause they're all like, they're sedated. Right. So when yeah. you're not, when you're not on drugs, like if you have ADD or whatever, you have all this fucking energy, man. And yeah. like, it needs to get out somehow, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, um, it's really cool. I've just, um, yeah, you know, like I said, it's just that's always been the thing where it's like I'm aware of that connection, but I never knew what it is. So that like history is pretty pretty cool to hear about. Yeah. Um, and then you did. Uh, so did you do you did music first and then got into comedy? Um, I actually I started doing comedy in college. I okay. Started, I went to Emerson. I started. Oh yeah. Sketch group. Um, I studied screenwriting, which I, th- yeah. I believe you're studying right now. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I, I didn't, you know, I was very, very drinking heavily at the time. And then after I graduated college, I, uh, I got sober. And then about two weeks later was when I first saw Bandit. And then it was like six months later that I joined the band. So, and then I had taken a break from doing comedy and then I started doing it again, right as I joined the band. Mm. Um, just cause like, it's like, well, if I'm not drinking, like I need stuff to do. And yeah, I, for me, like performing is like, I love it. You know, it's, yeah. well, it's also, you get a high from it also. Oh, big. T- absolutely. Absolutely. The, uh, I mean, I would say that even like the, like, uh, I can only speak from comedy, but like when you like really have a great set, that's a better high than oh. like any drug and I'm someone who still likes drugs, but it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I like, you know, I was saying I was watching videos of, of me performing and like, even like the, yeah. the nervousness slash excitement you feel beforehand, even that is like its own high, you know? Yeah, yeah no, no, for sure. It's like all of it. It's, um, I was say you don't, you don't really get that, uh, that high, um, performing uh in parks <laughs> yeah yeah dude don't 
I, I tried a couple of those park mics and like, man, like it, it's hard enough to do comedy as is, but to do it while someone is like working a leaf blower, like forget yeah. it. I, um, I've, I've done a lot. I've actually, I started a mic, um, actually with Charlie, <laughs> like we're making the skit basically about that. Yeah. Nice. Um, and then I'm doing, um, a backyard show right now at my oh, place. Yeah. Um, oh. And I started this podcast during quarantine. I'm just doing the trifecta of like the yep. stereotypical, yep. like what yep. a comic should do. I just, I went all in on that shit. No, um, you're fine, man. You're fine. Yeah. No, I'm like, I think it's, I mean, I think it's good. I think it's, um, it's kept me busy. I think, um, my hope is that, um, when things open up and like, I think it will just like all pay off that, like, yeah thing yeah. keeping the reps in of yeah. even if it's just like to people not paying attention on a zoom call it's just yeah, like yeah. it's all in well, one thing i've been telling people is that this quarantine has sort of shifted a lot of the power from like the clubs back to the comics because it's yeah. like you have your backyard show so you get to book that show mm -hmm. and like like it, you know, it's not a bringer. I'm assuming it's not a bringer. It's not a bringer, and it's free. And it's free, and it's like, like now you have this like bargaining chip. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm seeing this like more. Like I did a backyard show last weekend, and it's bringing power away from the clubs because now people are realizing I could just have a legitimate show in my backyard. I could book comics I like. I book them. They'll book me. The clubs are just the middleman. No one has to sell tickets. No one has to hassle people to come to the club. So I, and I would like to see these backyard shows continue even after quarantine ends. I think they will. I yeah. think um, even like as much as it's like, oh, these park mics are like weird. I mean, before, if you wanted to start a mic, you had to like find a bar yeah. and like know the guy and be like can we do this here and they'd have to yeah. say yes and then they'd usually be like but people need to buy a drink yes exactly um, now it's really just you buy an amp yep and you have a public part you kind of just like it's also kind of taken power and yeah. that so i think like obviously when it gets cold yeah outside shit is going to go away for everything but I think, I don't know, I think this new world uh, of, like, I mean, I guess there's always backyard shows, mm -hmm. but I think they were, like, few and far between. Rooftops were always, like, especially in New York, a cool yeah. place yeah. to do a show. But I think, like, Tiny Cupboard, I don't know if they always did stuff on their roof or if they used to just be inside. Um, I hadn't heard of them until a couple of I, months ago. So. I hadn't either. But, I mean, I can't imagine them going back. Yeah. inside what they've done is like really cool um, yeah yeah uh very impressive um i'm trying to think what else i um yeah that might be i think we covered a lot i mean if we wanted real quick i know you started a new podcast with our friend uh patrick yeah i uh because you said oh i i started a podcast in quarantine so yeah. did i it's okay yeah. <laughs> okay it's fine yeah, we, um, so my friend Patrick, Patrick Lawler, um, he's a veteran. I'm a therapist, as I said, and yeah. we, uh, we break down like popular movies um, in terms of what they say about the military and just like general psychology, you mm -hmm. know? 
and we do movies like like we did a really good one on Captain America mm-hmm. and what that says about sort of like military recruitment in this country um, and you know why it's so effective and stuff like that mm-hmm. and yeah I think it's it's really fun it's it's pretty insightful I think um, and I think a lot of the fun comes from like how serious some of the themes are that we're drawing from like the transformers movie yeah you know yeah Uh, but yeah we we just premiered our first episode on monday we're gonna drop two next week oh nice it's called war porn uh it's available on all the services yeah Uh, yeah and i've been i've been coming up to new york every week to record episodes and like do shows so that's great yeah um that's cool um yeah so i think i mean this is usually when i would say like do you have anything to plug we kind of just plug that yeah, do you have anything else you want to plug maybe. yeah um i i don't know if uh follow me on twitter at gene meyer lol uh follow me on tiktok at yeah. gene meyer lol um send me an email at gene meyer comedy at gmail.com uh you can uh i i don't I don't know. Send yeah. me a telegram, uh, <laughs> smoke signals. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Any way you can get in contact with uh, Gene? There, he gave you a lot of a lot of options to choose from. Oh, uh, the band is called Bandit. Yes, it, it's Bandit. Find us on Spotify. Our album is called Warsaw. Um, they open for Pig Destroyer. I don't Pig Dis- Yeah. If nothing else, look up Pig Destroyer. <laughs> Because they're just great. They're amazing. <laughs> All right. And uh, obviously, no, I'm Max Marcus. Uh, I'm Max Marcus Comedy on all social media. Uh, please, uh, please like and uh, subscribe, comment on the on the podcast. I uh, I only have three reviews so far, but they're good. I'm rated at the same amount as Joe Rogan right now. It doesn't matter oh, if it's only oh. because of three. <laughs> Please, uh, and let's let's get me above Joe Rogan. Let's get me to four point eight. Let's let's have me rated above Joe Rogan. Um, yes. That's the goal. Um, and yeah, that's been the Max Cast. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs>